build an audience of people that this product or this message will resonate with so that I can build relationships and monetize. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Honest E-Commerce. I am your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming to the show Philip Rivers, not the Indiana Colts uh, quarterback, but the CEO of GoTetra. Uh, Tetra helps companies form deep relationships uh, with their customers and drive revenue through email. Philip, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm well, man. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. How many people uh, make a joke about the football player when you're on their program? Uh, it, uh, it's hit and miss. Sometimes it, it depends, but I get it throughout all touch points of life also. On the phone, talking to customer service. When I go to bars, I get double takes all the time. But I can't lie, man. I've used it to my benefit a few times. I've you know, stolen his identity, quote unquote, but not financially. So it's, it's all kosher. Absolutely. Here's the thing. I'm actually not a huge football fan myself. Uh, I'm sure that's surprising to everyone listening. Not even the Buckeyes? I mean, obviously the Buckeyes. You're born in Columbus. You gotta. But in my old band, my drummer was a huge Chargers fan. And on on Sundays when we'd be driving around the country, he would be looking at his phone and just going, just cursing out Philip Rivers. Uh, so like that name's been <laughs> burned into my mind because he wasn't scoring him fantasy points. Yeah, I've been there. He's been on my fantasy team a few times, and coincidentally, not to go too far on this tangent, but when he came into the league, I was going to college in San Diego. And I was like 21. And so everyone was they, everyone thought I had a fake ID when I would go out. That's hilarious. So from impersonating Philip Rivers back when you're 21, tell us how you kind of grew into your role over at Tetra. What happened? Yeah, man. So I've been in e-commerce for like 15 years. And at the outs- in those days, there was no Shopify. There was no Facebook ads. There was no Klaviyo. There's only like all the cool stuff that we kind of take for granted now. So at the outset, what I would do was at the time, I don't know if you remember this, but like Nike Dunks used to be a very popular shoe. I remember. And what I would do is I would have t-shirts designed that coincided with the release of these Dunks and I would sell them in message obscure message boards. And so I would build a, over time I would build an audience of these people that were interested in it uh, on a list and I would monetize in PayPal because I had there was no storefront or anything. And so that was like my first kind of like forte and what is like kind of loosely e-com and then from there I sharpened my sword uh, from a marketing perspective, really in the email channel, just because it's kind of where I got started and what I took to. Um, and then since then, I've had some of my own businesses that have sold, some that have crashed and burned. But every time or every business I'm involved in, it's always... I've just gravitated towards how do I build an audience of people that this product or this message will resonate with so that I can build relationships and monetize. Yeah, I think people take that for granted. Uh, I think having an audience before you really start to sell stuff makes it so much easier. Uh, and uh, just to take everyone behind the curtain, uh, you listening to this podcast, you're my audience. Uh, this is one hundred thousand percent a marketing play. I'm so upfront about it. Everyone knows, but like, you got to have an audience to talk to before you can sell to people. Yeah, man. And I think also you got to provide like value, which is obviously what you're doing with the podcast right now. It's getting we're getting very meta at the moment. Absolutely. But I think a lot of people miss that, and just applying it to the modality of uh, of email in this case, where a lot of people have this kind of 
notion that if they want to make money from their list, they just have to, they just blast stuff out to everyone. But that's not really treating the audience with, you know, respect either. And so oftentimes when people take that approach, there's diminishing returns over time. And the, the kind of the value long-term of having an audience that appreciates you and that you appreciate uh, kind of gets discounted or forgotten. Yeah. Want to get each new episode of Honest E-Commerce sent straight to your phone? Join our VIP texting list for updates on new episodes and exclusive deals from our partners. Text Honest VIP, that's H O N E S T VIP, to 72599 to join. By the way, we're powering our text messages with PostScript, the number one text message marketing app for Shopify stores. Check out the show notes for a link to install PostScript for free today. It's been beaten into my brain uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, if you're sending email blasts, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. So let's let's talk about how to do it right. So Tetra, are you guys just helping people with email? Is that kind of the channel that you play in? That's all we touch is, is email. That's that's amazing. I I envy people that have such a narrow focus. Uh, Sean, my partner, and I would have loved to do that, but we have ADD, so we like to get a little more creative and get more hands-on and, and help in other areas. I have ADD too, man. And I had I used to do a bunch. I used to do some web stuff and some paid media stuff, and I ultimately like didn't. I wasn't didn't enjoy it. wasn't fulfilled by it. And I was like, there's people out there that are way better at this stuff than me. I just want to stay true to like what I know and love the most, and I'm like actually fulfilled by. And so I cut the paid media and the and the design and just le- leaned in all the way to email. Yeah, that's that's a great way to do it. We went the other direction. We hired people that were better than us. That's the other option. Yep. Awesome. So let's get into it. Uh, email. Is it important? I think it's the most underestimated channel for e-com. And it's not... It gets lost in the kind of the sexiness of paid traffic, especially Facebook. Um, but I think when... Uh, a lot of times because people don't realize the true potential of the channel and what they should expect from it. And so when I talk to business owners, what I find oftentimes is that people are content with getting four, five, six, seven percent of their monthly revenue from email, thinking that the channel is optimized and performing well at that level, not knowing that really a healthy mm, revenue contribution from email should be closer to 30, 35, 40% every single month. Once they kind of wrap their head or see that and can just wrap their head around the idea. It's like a light bulb goes off in their head. Like, Oh, wow. I'm holy smokes. There's, there's a lot more to this than I had thought. Yeah. It's, it's insane to me. Uh, you know, we're looking at new stores every week and, and trying to help people out and give them advice. And email is constantly the number one underperforming channel. And it's, it, what, the light bulb moment is when you say like this should be thirty percent. So let's just do really simple math here, just so we can explain it to the audience. Let's say someone's got a store. Quick math: it's doing a hundred thousand dollars a year, and only ten percent of that is for email. It should be at thirty, so that store should be doing a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year with everything else staying the same. Exactly. You know, and then just extrapolate that from there. Obviously, there's a lot of people listening. Their stores are doing way better than that. So just do the math yourself. Yeah, I mean, to end to that point. One thing on that is like, there's 100% of the pie that you can carve up in terms of where sales are coming from, paid social, organic, social, organic traffic, email, whatever it may be. But I think that I like to use that 30% as like a bit on the low end, this is what you should strive for. But depending on what's happening within the business from especially a paid perspective, uh, paid traffic perspective, the email can go higher than 30. I just don't like to kind of over promise and under deliver or set expectations too high. So 
anyone listening, 30% should be like what you should strive for. But getting to 45, 50, 55% is not uh, it, unrealistic. It definitely happens. I see it all the time. Um, but the higher figures, really what's happening from a kind of marketing channel perspective, really kind of affects what the other channels can do, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. It makes sense to me. It's wild to me that people are so drawn to paid media when it's so expensive. It's like fast and sexy. Yeah, it's you know, I, I guess you know, people want results quickly, uh, and building a list is not something you can do overnight. So maybe that's something uh, that maybe that's one of the reasons people are kind of hesitant uh, to invest in this channel. What do you, what do you think? Are some of the other reasons that people are ne- neglecting these channels. I think really, man, the, it all starts with kind of the uncertainty of how to move forward or how to do it the right way. Because there's a lot of inputs out there, content out there that people can, that we can consume, you know, just our keyboards are very powerful. We have access to so much information. And when you take in all these inputs about kind of all these things that you have to do, especially as it applies to email, because it's can be intricate, it's overwhelming. And so people are just like, whoa, their guard goes up and it's like, oh, this is too much. I can't do this. Um, but in reality, it's actually kind of what you need to get going and get momentum, which for the email channel, I think is the most important thing is just starting to send and send consistently, and then kind of improve over time in terms of refining the message, refining the audience and, and or who's seeing that message and so on is really the key to starting to kind of build a groundswell of opportunity within the audience. So I guess to take a step back or sum that up, the, the biggest hurdle that I see is people kind of understanding or seeing that they can actually do this and then starting and being consistent with it. On every episode, it's usually like, so what is, what's the big hurdle? It's like, just do it. You know, it's, I don't know what people are waiting for sometimes. Hopefully, if you're listening to this and you haven't started email yet, you better get started today. You know what I mean? Just like send a campaign tomorrow and then send a campaign seven days from then and, and, and so on. Just get started. In the least, just do that. You know what? You know what's funny? Uh, I was so bad at podcasting. I still am. Um, <laughs> but you just got to get started, man. It's it's one of those things. I don't know. It, it, you need a kick in the butt sometimes. So yeah, just go get started with the email. This episode is brought to you by Klaviyo. Klaviyo helps brands deliver more personalized digital marketing experiences via email, SMS messages, social ads, and more. And since it's all driven by real-time e-commerce data, you can make sure every interaction feels more relevant. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit Clavio.com to schedule a demo. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. So let's let's get a little more specific into some uh, some specific use cases, I guess. First of all, I guess we kind of talked about how ads are super sexy, paid media and all that stuff. How can email help paid media? Yeah, man. So like, if you think about like the life cycle of a customer. Okay. And on any given day, there's traffic coming to the site, paid and unpaid. That's cold. They've never been to your site before. But on any given day, your conversion rate is, let's just say 5%, which correct me if I'm wrong, but that's on like the high end of the spectrum for conversion rates for e-com. It's more like two and a half ish, right? But let's say it's five for argument's sake. But that still means that 95% of the traffic on any given day is not ready to buy. So there's a tremendous opportunity to people that you already paid to get there that weren't ready. So without having kind of a system in place to capture leads and staying on top of how that's performing, most more often than not, these stores are just letting the traffic that they pay for walk right out the front door. They're relying on two things to get them back to kind of manufacture the touch points that are necessary, 
for someone to be ready to make a purchase. And they're relying on people just remembering your brand or your product on their own and coming back, which is leaving a lot up to chance. Uh, and the other is you're relying on paying Zuckerberg again for some retargeting impressions, which becomes very expensive. So email is just like, I look at it like it's kind of like the catch-all or the safety net or your hedge against everything that's happening from a traffic generation standpoint. So that little by little, this traffic that you know is interested because they clicked and are on your site in the first place, you're just being mindful of capturing as many leads as possible and then having information to share with them over time based on you know behaviors or attributes that gets your unique value proposition or you know what you sell, your, what's important to you guys across so that you are manufacturing those touch points in a modality that you control to ultimately get them or hold their hand from being cold to finally making that initial first purchase and not paying Facebook every single for every click and not or not just hoping they come back on their own. Absolutely. I can't I can't agree anymore. Um it's usually one of the first projects we take on with new clients is like just setting up a very robust email automation system to just help increase the returns of any of these efforts that go in like to paid media. Um you know, it just comes down. It's it's numbers. E-commerce is so nerdy. It's all math. It's it's so funny. Like if you strip away everything else, it's just you can take a look at some key KPIs. Be like, well, this is where I need to focus my time. Yep. It, it becomes so clear once it's there's something in place, and you know, or you can see, or understand. These are the kind of just the KPIs to keep my thumb on the pulse of to know at you know really at at a at a glance if it's working or not working, and then based on what the data is telling you, what the next step is. Absolutely. Let's be honest today. All of your customers are going to have questions. And what are you doing to manage all those questions? Do you have a help desk for your business? One of our sponsors of today's episode is Gorgeous. And Gorgeous is the number one rated help desk for e-commerce. It integrates seamlessly with Shopify. We have installed it on a bunch of stores. It's also used by brands like Movement and Rothy's. And what it does is it takes all of your customer insights and information, brings it into one amazing dashboard so you can solve their problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.link slash honest. That's G-O-R... G-I-A-S dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-N-E-S-T to get your second month free. So um, I guess I'm not going to ask for the secret sauce. Um, but you know, what are some tips for people that are just getting started with email marketing? Um, and I guess like how do you craft campaigns that aren't just all sale, sale, sale? Yeah, so I think in terms of getting started with email, the way I look at it is like it's threefold. There's three things you need. One, you have to have some modal or way to capture leads that are for all the traffic coming to the site, a pop-up, right? The most common thing that people do, and you guys might do this with a lot of your clients, is something like that's a discount off first purchase, for example. It's any people are used to giving their email away for that. Yep. That obviously there's brand implications and some people don't do that, and that's fine. Um, but in any event, something on the site to pique their interest in exchange uh, for their email. Yeah, that's the first thing that should be done, just to build your list of all the traffic you're already kind of paying for in the first place. Second is, I think having uh, some sort of like a, a strategy or a framework for campaigns. Going back to like what I said a few minutes ago about like people have a really tough time just like starting, but then being consistent week to week and. We, we as humans have this like tendency 
to overcomplicate things or want things to be perfect before we do them. But ultimately, like you said, man, that's just like a hurdle that's keeping you from getting the experience to get better and improve over time. It's a limiting mindset is what it's called. Very much so. Very much so. And so for campaigns, in order, like, just to keep it simple at this point, it's just like you're going to communicate offers or you know, things about your products to people and offer things for sale it, via campaigns. That's a given. But I think that the, the thing that people struggle with on the campaign front more so is like, what value stuff do I send to people so that I'm not always just, you know, quote unquote, blasting the list, trying to make money. And so in that, I would recommend like for, for value ideas, for content via email, like what are you doing on social already that can be sort of repurposed or repositioned for email? What do people like when you do post on social or, or maybe on your ads, like what do people comment? Because there's like gold nuggets in there that you can take and create some sort of a message or content around and, and slide into emails. Or like even stories about the products or how they're made or where they're made. You know, there's like organically, there's stuff about the nature of what any business sells that they can talk about it, not from a sales frame, but from like a storytelling or a value frame. And so the objective for that message might still be click to the site to sell something. But when they're consuming it, it's not blatant buy this product right now. And so hitting them, for lack of a better term, from kind of different frames or angles with the content building kind of touch points or connections with them subconsciously. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it makes complete sense to me. I made a note here uh, when you're talking about um, asking for emails, essentially, like the pop-ups on the websites. And obviously, the, the go-to is like a discount on your first purchase. And you said there's sometimes brand implications and you can't do that. So here's some golden nuggets for people that don't want to ever discount their product. There's other things you can do. A, you could have a free shipping coupon code. That's something that I've seen a lot of businesses do uh, that don't want to discount on brand. B, you could have a free gift with purchase mm -hmm. uh, as well for the first thing. So that's another way to have uh, kind of an incentive to give that email, but you're not discounting it. Um, you know, you can get creative with it. You don't always have to discount, but you need to make sure there is an incentive. Uh, because let me tell you, there are millions of e-commerce brands at this point, and I need a reason to sign up for your email list. Absolutely, and, and even you know, like one thing that we've seen that works well too is like a challenge or a content piece that is you don't need the product that the company sells to do it, but it's something that people can like take action and have have a sense of like belonging or involvement uh, in whatever like this, you know, quote unquote challenge is uh, without buying the thing. Yeah. I've seen that done really well when you've got lifestyle brands that are really close to a core activity or something like that. Uh, for example, uh, this happens a lot in like supplements. Uh, people, they'll like give away like workouts or food plan, like meal plans, stuff like that. Yep. Uh, as, a, as their lead magnet to try to acquire that first email. Yeah, man. So I, there's a lot of interesting... The, the, the easiest thing to do is a, is a discount. And so for people that are having difficulty getting started, I would say just do that to get something live. Yep. But I would also like you know recommend or urge folks to, even if that's live, think about some other creative ideas that they could maybe put up there, bring to the forefront that don't eat their profit margin. Yeah. You should always be testing offers. Uh... Not even just on your email sign up, just like in general. Uh, Period. Yeah. When that is your only problem, you're doing something right. That's the best problem. Yeah. Awesome. So, hey, um, is there anything I forgot to ask you about that you think uh, would be worthwhile sharing with our audience? Yeah, man. I, the last thing, I, just to go back to your last question of, um, about like in the least, what should folks be doing? And I mentioned 
capturing leads and I mentioned campaigns, the one thing I didn't get to was flows. Oh, yeah. And I think also some really low hanging fruit for a lot of stores in that going back to the analogy or the kind of the example of all this traffic is coming, even, even if they're opting in, that you need somewhere for them to go. And campaigns alone can't do, isn't going to get your store to 30 or 40% of revenue from email. You need the flows because they work together. Like all of this stuff is interconnected. Right. And so I always look at campaigns as like it's a traffic uh, channel that you control outright. Like you're buying traffic from Facebook, but you're paying a heck of a ton of a heck of a lot of money for it. But for campaigns, you're, you're determining the audience, the message, and when you're sending. So you know when you send that campaign, traffic's coming. And, but just like all of the, or, the paid or, or organic channels, that traffic that you send via campaigns, not all, it's not going to have a 100% conversion rate. It'll fall within the average of the store, 3 4 5%, whatever it is. And so the job of the flows is to take the, the traffic where it is, where they abandoned session. Maybe they added to cart but didn't. Uh, didn't complete their purchase, for example, and send them a series of messaging based on their behaviors or attributes or lack thereof. That's automated. So that they operate as your 24-7 sales force. And so this is the other thing that I think like is so important for stores uh, to do is just simply just have flow set up for the key leverage points within the customer lifecycle, like cart abandoned or browse abandoned, for example, so that you know in the least that of all the traffic that's coming to your store, if they're opted in and they abandon session based on where they are, they'll get relevant messaging that gets them back to the site to take the action that you want them to take. Yeah, I think uh, the, the flows are such an amazing tool because it messages your customer where they're at in their own unique journey. And anytime you are messaging someone with a marketing message, I use the I use message a crap ton just now. Uh, anytime that you're <laughs> when you're speaking to someone with where they're at and it's very unique and specific to them, you're always going to get a higher ROI. That's why retargeting works better than you know prospecting. That's why bottom of the funnel always works better. It's like when you can get more specific and more granular with what you're messaging someone, it's going to return higher. So these automations are like just so so to the point and so down that funnel. Uh, they they usually work a lot better than most of your campaigns. And not to get too into the weeds, but when if you think about broadly, if someone's enrolled like in the customer life cycle, let's say they added the card and abandoned, and the messaging within that card abandoned flow is similar to what they're seeing on the retargeting side on Facebook, and then it, you, they, you have like this omni-channel approach where in in two different modalities they're seeing very similar messaging. It just it makes them what you're putting out to them so much stronger. Yeah, you know, when you're hitting them where they're where they're actually hanging out, uh, and that gets that gets into like a very strategic approach with your remarketing. If you've got a low skew count, you should be doing like really custom retargeting campaigns through Clavio and through your Facebook, and you should be using that content in both places because you know the old adage of like it takes seven impressions or whatever to sell something still kind of rings true. Uh, but people are getting advertised to all over the place now. So it might be a few more impressions than that now. I think it's like 12 to 18. It's a lot. But here's the thing. Uh, I now have been buying a lot of stuff on Instagram uh, strictly to reverse engineer what they're doing. Because I'm, I'm a nerd. Yeah, same. Awesome. Hey, so if, if people are picking up what you're putting down and they want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Uh, just check out my site, go tetra, G-O-T-E-T-R-A dot C-O. We have some stuff on there about kind of what we're all about, who we work with. Um, yeah, man, that's it. Awesome. Hey, Phil, thanks for coming on the show and uh, sharing all these insights. Thanks for having me, man. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. 
we've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.